I'm Brian Myers. I'm Mike Ritalik. I'm Becky Haddad. And this is Owl Pellets, a podcast featuring tips for ag teachers. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. Hey, Owl Pellets, this is Brian. I am here with Becky and Mike, and we have some phenomenal guests with us today. Megan Cantrell, Annie Moscato, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Well, um, we get to talk about an exciting topic. I've got down here, we're going to talk about stress and student stress. So before we get all stressed out, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, who each of you are, and then you can kind of give us an overview of the topic for the day. Sure. I am Megan Cantrell, and I am a lecturer of agricultural leadership development at the University of Florida. And I'm Annie Moscato. I'm getting a PhD in agricultural education and communication, specializing in leadership, and have been fortunate enough to work with Mrs. Cantrell as a teaching assistant and on this research. So Annie and I started doing this research in 2020, spring of 2020. So we started asking students about their stress in January of that semester. And there was really nothing stressful that happened in spring of 2020. So it was, it was quite just a normal semester. Um, and so we actually were talking about stress during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic and we were just collecting student data, asking them to quantify their stress, asking them to explain their stress, and then finally asking them what could be done. How can we help? Who can help? What does that team look like? We continued this uh, study into spring of 2021 and just really explored how are our students stressed? What are these factors that make them stressed? And then most importantly, what can we do about it? So we asked how they could reduce their stress, how the instructors they were enrolled in courses with could reduce their stress, and then how the school that they were a part of could reduce their stress. And we found some pretty interesting things uh, that I think are really applicable to school-based ag education as we think about how we can assess and reduce our students' stress. Well, number one, everybody sees why we invited Megan to be here because Megan speaks my love language of sarcasm. <laughs> we appreciate that so very much. You know, yeah, in case you missed out, there's this link called a global pandemic I hear that happened in 2020. And I also say, Al Pellets folks, there were some outstanding podcasts about teaching in the pandemic that people hope, I'm sure they all listen to as well. Um, so Megan, what, what did this, the students say was some of their, their biggest things dealing around stress as they dealt with a pandemic while trying to go to college at the same time? Sure. Uh, what wasn't something that is stress-inducing is probably a more appropriate question. We used um, some information that found that student stress really falls into seven different areas. And so this applies to any student, regardless of age or what level they're at. So they experience academic stress. This looks like things, uh, workload, exams, time management being behind. There's also personal stress. This is things like their, how they are acting, how they feel, financial and work stress. There's family-related stress. There's stress from interpersonal relationships. So this could include things like significant others, their friends, also organizations and clubs they're a part of, and then environmental stress. And then finally, 
uh, stress brought on to them by the school they're in a part of. And so we looked at stress through all of those lenses and Annie and I found some pretty cool things. Annie, would you mind sharing sort of what we found and how you think that applies? Of course. So it was interesting to see some of the things we thought would be stressful weren't as stressful. So the peaks in the semester when they had a lot of projects due weren't necessarily as stressful as um, their financial stress at the same time. And so we found a lot of students were working even more than we anticipated, which could be applicable to high school students too. There's a fair amount of research that says a lot of high school students are working while they're in school. And so these sort of extracurricular things, particularly if you're an agricultural educator, you might want to consider how students would be able to balance those things happening outside of school hours with things like jobs that we can still take away from college students. And it was interesting to see we've done in several of our leadership classes where we talk about sort of happiness and stress and mindfulness and how can you manage that. And they often say that they would be happier or less stress with less on their plate as opposed to adding things. So I think we default to wanting to add, well, let's add a pizza party or add an incentive or add something fun. And often for them, it's not that we need something else to make us happy and less stressed. We need to let go of something to make us less stressed. So as an educator, what can you let go of? So Mrs. Cantrell, Megan has been great about, okay, well, maybe we can give them a freebie assignment. We can say you get a pass on something this semester. So if you are at a, a point of pink peak stress for you, you can sort of let go of that and set that aside. I think those are certainly interesting uh, comments and perspectives. And I think that does add a little value when you think about um, adding stress and, and adding things that really cause and create more of that stress. So as you talked a little bit about it, one of the things that I think about is, um, you know, for a lot of teachers is moving into the unknown. As we transitioned into COVID, uh, we didn't know how everything was going to function and operate. So did you, did you tease anything out about, um, you know, just, you know, as a teacher, a lot of times we get, we start feeling comfortable in what we're doing and, and there's a routine and a rhythm to it that really provides some um, anxiety or lack of anxiety. So this unknown and moving into a new era with COVID and teaching online, did you notice anything related to that? It's actually <laughs> funny that you asked that because the way that, uh, so at the University of Florida, the way that the pandemic sort of fell with our spring schedule the pandemic happened, uh, the sort of shutdown day for us was like March 15th or March 16th of 2020. And we had just come off spring break. And so students were, uh, our, their stress was fine. was great. They had virtually no distress to report. Maybe a few students had a peak in this interpersonal stress of, oh man, we don't know who's going to drive on the road trip or things like that, but they were really having a good time. And then we come back and it was just off the charts, absolutely off the charts. And a lot came out from how students were approaching the unknown and we didn't, they didn't really understand until later on. I think that's really applicable to teaching and high school and middle school students is unless you reflect on what's going on, you really can't change or improve. And so one thing that students noted that they wished that teachers would have done in the unknown is just republished everything. So rather than saying, okay, this is 
we're just going to keep going. Like nothing's happening. We're just going to move on. They did not appreciate that at all. They wanted new syllabus published. They wanted new uh, modules to be outlined. They wanted new deadlines. They wanted new everything. Working as if nothing happened was really traumatic to some students. And they would use really harsh language around that. A lot of students also had distress pop up from not needing to use their accommodations and not needing to have special assistance. But then when the pandemic happened, either something uh, was having more challenges personally, or they needed some help with some learning challenges they have. And no one ever asked. No one ever stopped and said, hey, how can we support you? How can I help you individually? And that was something that uh, students really had a hard time with as they were approaching the unknown as well. And I feel like we're almost seeing that again this year as students had like it's it, it feels like it should be normal, but it's almost this whole new unknown. And we're almost like you almost see people working like nothing has happened, but we've added a lot back again that had kind of come off come off our plate. So what are some of those things as far as kind of heading back to whatever normal this is that we need to kind of be thinking about as far as how maybe not necessarily how stress looks different, but how we kind of approach that knowing what we learn. So I've looked a lot into, so my favorite part of sort of exploring this was I, I know some people would love to look at the charts and the graphs and seeing how the peaks and valleys, but the asking students to describe their stress over the semester and how people could help was super interesting. And as you were saying, Becky, we really don't know what we're doing still. And we're kind of looking for ways to relieve this stress but a huge, huge aspect that I have not seen before in the literature when asking students, how can we help? They said, you can't. There's really, I, I don't want my teacher to help my stress. I don't want the university to help my stress. I don't want anyone to do this. They all have their own challenges. And why am I going to put this on their plate? And so students really are finding stress as one, an expectation and two, something that's their own burden to bear. And so they're not looking for someone to help or for someone to relieve that stress. They're just kind of living with it. And that's something that we had not seen before previously. And just all of this information on stress that it already exists. That's, that's really interesting, Megan. And one of the things you said a little bit ago really, really stuck with me, and I, and I, I keep been hanging on it, and, and it's around this, how do we apply this for our high school ag teachers and helping them understand that, the, honestly, the, the total student experience that I know myself, sometimes I get blinders, I'm the ag teacher, so I only see this student as the ag student, as the FFA member, and this is all that they've got to work on. But that student has got, you know, a chemistry assignment, an algebra assignment they're failing. They may be playing baseball. They may, you know, their, their boyfriend, girlfriend just broke up with them and they're trying to work a job and their brother has just stole their whatever from them. So what advice do you have? I, I get that that students don't want us to take that on to them, but as, as teachers, as working with students, what advice do you have for us trying to make sure that we see that whole student and understanding that what we try to get them is adding on to already a big mound of stressors that they have in their lives. Sure. I think that's 
just even asking that question is really important of knowing that your student just does not exist for that one class period a day and that there's so much. And I think that ag teachers have a unique advantage of sometimes knowing family members and knowing a little bit more about the student than say a, a math teacher would. But something that our students really appreciated was just the ability to talk about their stress. And a lot of students said even asking the question was kind of a relief for them. And so it was completely anonymous. And so students could say, I was experiencing family stress or my dad just lost his job because he's an airline pilot or all of this happened. And as an educator, I would have no clue the, what students are bringing into our classroom. And so just taking the step back and allowing students time to reflect on everything that exists is really important. Even if it doesn't meet a standard or a part of the ag ed curriculum, just making sure that our students are okay helps them be better learners and be better students. And I think any time that we can take a moment out of our day to check in with them is something that's going to have students just relieve a little bit of that bottled up stress. And for you as an educator to be more informed and to just sort of get a pulse check on how your classes are doing throughout the semester. And then to that point, I think something that Mrs. Cantrell has done really well in these classes as she's asking about stress is a sort of survey, I can't remember the term that you used, Megan, what you call it, halfway through with the gyms and ops that you do, I think that would be really beneficial that high school teachers could replicate if you wouldn't mind touching on that and sort of explaining your process for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of my students, it's one of my favorite things as an educator and my students seem to like it. So halfway through the semester, uh, we ironically teach feedback in the class. So it works really well because it's applicable to what they're learning, but students have the opportunity for 10 extra credit points to take a survey that is very similar to the end of course evaluation, but it's asking them what is their favorite part of the class? What is something that they would change about the class? What is a question they still have? And this allows me as an educator to pause and to sort of recalibrate. And this typically happens over a fall break or a spring break. And so I can make really small adjustments and the students feel as though I have lifted such a burden off of them, even though it's already planned or it's, they just didn't realize I gave them that resource. And so obviously there are some things we cannot control. And I think that's even a really cool conversation too, telling students, I unfortunately cannot control the weather in the state of Florida. Unfortunately, I cannot control when I'm offering this class as far as time is concerned. Unfortunately, I cannot help with these things, but I can give you five extra minutes on your quiz. I can make sure that this part of the assignment is optional because it, you weren't getting a lot out of it. And I think just that check-in allows me to do better as an educator and for them to have some more buy-in to the, that course as well. Now, I really appreciate the conversation about thinking about the whole student and what, what their lived life and lived experiences are because we, we do spend and it is pretty easy for us as ag teachers to kind of focus and hone in on only what we do. And there's a lot of life that happens outside the classroom and we get a chance to build those relationships. Um, and I think, you know, COVID since, since 2020, when COVID kind of uh, reeled its ugly head, we, we've gotten into a new um, environment and we got into a kind of a new rhythm of how we did things and kind of goes back to the study and talk, said, you know, we, we've taken things off our plate or we put things on hold 
And then to what Becky said earlier, all of a sudden it feels like we're transitioning in, into what's the start of a post-pandemic, even though we're still in the middle of it, and things are being added to our plates. The floodgates are kind of opening, and it and it's a new rhythm and a new routine, and that that seems to be adding some stressors too. So as I so if we if we've taken things off the plate and set set activities that we've done aside, how do we scale back up to where we were or do we scale back up to where we were? And what's the intentionality in, in thinking about why we do the things we do as ag teachers? And do we can need to continue the things that either we're doing or that we've postponed indefinitely? Do we really bring them back? So what's some of the recommendations there? I think it's, I think the word intentionality is really important. And I think if anything, if there is a bright side to all of this devastation we've been living through, it's that we have had a chance to pause. And even if we have not had a chance to pause, perhaps this is a great time to pause. And as you're thinking through what your chapter will be doing or these different events that are going to be happening that perhaps have added a more burden than reward why are you doing this sort of what is the intention? Why if students don't miss it and you don't miss it, why are you bringing it back? If it's something that your, your FFA chapter, your school has succeeded without, unless there is something that just absolutely has to be done. I think it's a really great time to reinvent the wheel. And so we also have unleashed a new toolbox of cool new things that we can incorporate, whether that be virtual learning or distance or having guest speakers and all of those things. So I think uh, it's, it's a really important time. If you haven't spent the time as an advisor, as an ag teacher to evaluate your program areas and figure out what has the most bang for its buck. And I know I can, I can hear ag teachers across the country right now, listening to this saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, we have some things that I would rather not do, but it's not my choice. And I think that reprioritizing those things is as good as it can get sometimes and knowing it's okay if we don't get to this. this these are the five things that are most important. It's not saying that these required tasks aren't important, but perhaps they are not the most critical, pivotal things that are happening right now. And if you're not at your best as a person, you can't be your best as an ag teacher. And I think that's really important to keep in mind when we think about stress. And it seems like particularly for, oh, I'm sorry, Becky, for high school students, this could be a really good opportunity to involve them in that process because they are aware that there was this normal and then there was this new normal. And now we're in this weird mix of the two, like we've combined the normals as if that's somehow better. And so for that, age group especially, but I think even with middle schoolers, you can make it age appropriate where you say, okay, let's take this opportunity to rethink the program. And you do something like what Mrs. Cantrell described, where you ask what their thoughts are and what's really working for them and what does cause them stress and anxiety. And you could teach them about smart goals and goal setting. And like, you could really work it into curriculum. You're probably already doing that ties to a lot of different agricultural projects. When you're planning a livestock project, you plan it out from the beginning, you keep a record book, you can teach them that that same skill is applicable when you are planning a program or a classroom or curriculum for a year that they can then apply for themselves in all sorts of contexts that are useful for those sort of real life life skills that we try so hard as educators to give our students that they can take and use outside of the classroom. The, it, it really struck me this idea that like we, we can actually see what came off our plate. Now, like sometimes the plate just gets piled so high and you're just so used to carrying this really full plate or eating off this really full plate. Um, but you just kind of keep doing it. And when you're able to see what's, see what's there, 
what are some of those things as far as kind of going back to those stressor areas maybe that we really need to be thinking about as far as that intentionality of what comes back on our plate? You know, you talked about academic and finances and interpersonal, all these different, all these different stressors. What are some of those things as we look at what came off our plates? How do we kind of reevaluate how we be that, how we take that intention relative to stress? Sure. So, uh, with our college students, something that is the research indicates does apply to high school students is that their number one stressor is academic. And so the most stressful thing for high school students and that we found for college students is workload, is exams, is waiting for results or all of these challenging things. But I think it's important to note that something that's also stressful enough for there to be an entire category is this idea that interpersonal stress, including clubs, is something that some individuals find so stressful that you have to ascribe a whole category to it. And a lot of students get involved with things. And then you have the students who keep adding to their plates and keep adding to their plates until the point where their plate is too full, but they have probably never been in a position to say no, or to know that it's okay to not do something. And so as we're thinking through these stressors as teachers, it's important to know that students are always going to be stressed about academics. It seems to be something that we just are going to accept as a society at this point, that students are going to be stressed about school. They're going to be stressed about tests and exams. But also we have this unique role of situating between academic and co-curricular where we have a club, we run an organization. Sometimes students are just so involved that they don't know that it's okay that you can take a step back or it's okay that you communicate that you can't join the CDE or LDE team this year because you are just overwhelmed. And so I think as educators to model and show those expectations that I have stressors, I am stressed about this or that, or whatever you're comfortable sharing that I say, no, I used to volunteer with this organization and I just can't fit it into my schedule this year and modeling that for your students as they are starting to experience more stressors than ever is really important to create a healthy environment for you and your students. So, so as we, as we think about those stressors and and going back to your study a little bit, um, were you able to differentiate any differences by gender? And are there different needs and should we, how can we support students based upon gender perhaps? Absolutely none. There was absolutely no difference by gender. We thought we, uh, we are continuing to look at this data with someone that just was really passionate about statistics, which is not Annie nor myself. Um, and they have found we have looked at everything. We have looked at um, students that work full-time versus part-time. We have looked at male students who got A's in the class versus female students who got D's or F's in the class. We have looked at every permutation of it. There is no difference based on gender that we have found. And so there is a lot out there that says that women are predisposed to more stress just based on some biological processes that happen with hormone imbalance than, than men are. And I think that would happen probably more during the time of middle school and high school. But as far as being willing to report distress, which is what we looked at, there was no difference. Interesting. And, and that's kind of good to know as we think about uh how we can support our students through that process of handling stress. 
So, so Megan, as we wrap this up, one of the things I wanted to get before we, before we end is, is I heard something here about, we have these, these seven areas of stressors and we need to be thinking about it. And as teachers, we need to be aware that our students have those and understand we have those, but I just thought of the way here, you know, as a, a teacher, the ag teacher and FFA advisor may unintentionally cause more stress in the students' lives by some of the things we do, because, you know, in many cases, those, those ag students and FFA members think very highly of their ag teachers and want to do the things that make the ag teacher proud. So what are some, some tips you can give, give all of us to help us be more aware of, of not unintentionally causing a great deal of stress to our, to our students? I think Megan already made a great point when she talked about modeling for them that this is how you say no to things because so often they were indicating for the academic stress in particular and sort of the interpersonal that would tie to an agricultural educator who's working with clubs that it's just that they're taking too much on. And so that's backed up sort of anecdotally in the projects we'll have them do on happiness, non-mindfulness, where they say, no, I have to let things go. That would relieve my stress, let things go. And so I think maybe even being intentional about teaching them that if something, if your answer isn't a heck yes, it's a no, that sort of difference between enthusiastic yes and saying no to something, because that is hard to learn. That's something that Dr. Myers, you preached to me, even as a graduate PhD student, that I wish someone had stressed to me earlier when I was in middle school or high school, that you can say no to things and saying no to some things does give you the space and capacity to do better at other things because your stress is less. But that's something that educators, I don't think we talk about in that sort of formal position and agricultural educators in particular are in a really unique position to be able to do that really well. I thank you, Annie, for saying that. And I think I sort of was reflecting as you were speaking on my own experience. I'm a product of school-based ag education. I was an FFA. I I think that Dr. Myers, uh, you were talking to me (laughs) about the student who was so stressed about uh, getting this new degree and I wanted to run for state office and I had to win this LDE and I had to make sure my livestock projects were doing well. And I don't think my ag teacher ever asked me what was going on beyond my blue jacket. I don't think my ag educator ever took the moment to say, it's okay that you're not going to submit this application. It's okay that this proficiency sits on the the counter for another year. It's okay that you did not get top 10 in the state. That's fine. I don't think I've ever had that conversation. And I wonder how many of our students across the country are just doing that, right? They're, they're, they, they respect their ag teacher. They want, they love FFA. They love ag education. They want to be the best, but sometimes being the best doesn't mean doing everything. And so channeling that and thinking through some things I think is really important. And if I were to go back and talk to myself at that age, I would want an adult I appreciated in my life to tell me that it's okay to take a breath, that not everything has to happen all the time. And I sometimes need that person to tell me that right now because I'm not a responsible adult and Mike can, can verify that. Um, but you know, I, I think I can I think also that, verify that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and I think that's important. And, and also that we, we, we spend, we've had several conversations here now, pellets talking about uh, teacher self value and, and, um, and, and all the pressures we put ourselves as put on ourselves as teachers. I think it's also good that we can unintentionally, put some additional stressors on our students and, and understand them as that whole student, that whole person. And I think one thing I really appreciate about your work and this conversation, Megan and Annie, is that 
it helps give me and give us some language around how to talk about this and, and how it is important to not just pretend it's not going on, but to actually be able, because as you all know, I am not the most warm, fuzzy kind of guy and don't know how to have these kind of conversations, but how do you have these things and actually talk to people about what else is, what else is going on? Because and sometimes people don't have the words they, they care. They just don't know how to, how to start that conversation. And hopefully your work and this conversation will help us um, have that conversation with, with those students that we work with. Well, Megan, Annie, thank you both so very much for spending time with us today here on Owl Pellets. Um, for those of you out there, there'll, there'll be a lot of things going on across social media. Make sure you check out all the resources um, and learn more about the great work that, that these fine folks are doing. And um, be sure to be thinking about how you can help your students uh, handling the stress that's in their lives and being a good role model and controlling the and managing the stress in your own life. So for Becky and Mike, this is Al Pellets. Megan, Annie, thank you all so very much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Al Pellets. Check out our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about our guests. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay connected. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll never miss an episode. For Mike and Becky, this is Brian here by the Al Pellets saying thank you, and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.